Hello and welcome to the Barely There podcast. The boys are back. This is Duke Coughlin. You can follow me at that pod guy Duke. That's Lucas Perfetti. You can follow him at Lucas Perfetti forty six. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Barely There Pod. And if you want to join the conversation, as always, check us out on YouTube. Just look up Barely There Podcast. Lucas, it's been a while. I think it's been a little bit over a week. Um, definitely the slow point in the off season, but we definitely have, uh, we got some Chicago bears throwing footballs. We got some rookie camp updates, man. We got a little bit of everything. What's going on, buddy. Uh, yeah, man. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm doing well, but, um, after the schedule is released and we're going to go over that today, there's really not a ton going on until training camp. And even still, it's all kind of secondhand. So we're going to try to make it fun for you guys and do a couple things. Um, but yeah, overall, everything's been just peachy on Bears Twitter as always, as just as hostile as it always has been. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, we have full blown wars going on over quote tweets, over sharing videos. Um, that's not our cup of tea. That's not something we're gonna necessarily jump into. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's been a little bit crazy on Bears Twitter. But I think I think mostly. As far as like people who only follow the Bears as like their Chicago sport, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm sure a lot of my followers have seen how much I've gotten in like Sox baseball and all that different stuff. But like if you're just a Bears fan on Twitter right now and you don't follow anything else, like you're you're just you're looking for anything. Like you are looking for any type of action. Like you want all the smoke when it comes to anything like Chicago Bears related. Like if somebody says Justin Fields isn't gonna throw for five thousand yards, like you're fucking you're up in arms. Like so any little thing. So I think tensions are just naturally really high right now. And I mean, yeah. And, you know, of course, the I think at this point it's going to circulate weekly until Fields get an, gets an extension that um they're not, you know, they, they're trying to actively sabotage polls, I think was the last article was that that was written, um, which is just like, you know, fucking insane, dude. Twitter really is the wild, wild west. They can be the best app on the planet, but it can also be pretty toxic and you know, just well, just not enjoyable overall. Well, I'll actually, I'll uh, I'll challenge you. I think Pinata Farms is the best app like out there. Personally, I don't. You guys, after you and the Don turned me onto it, I can't get enough of Pinata Farms. Just plastering people's face on Rocky's videos and shit like that. Like, I, I'm sure you guys have all, if you follow me or if you like Vilas Jones, you should follow me. I'm actually getting a couple of Vols fans uh, from Tennessee that are following me just because I post so much Vilas Jones Jr. content. So I got people on that breaking. So, I mean, come on now. Like I get it. Like I said per source, but usually, I mean, you know, I got my, what my 1500 followers and some of my tweets get a little bit of traction, but for the most part, it's just me being a fucking idiot on my own timeline to, to just entertain myself. And then sure enough, like, that blows up and everyone tells me they fucking hate me because I said per source, but really I'm just being a jag off, you know? So it's just, it's a great, it's a, you know how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's people who can't read the room and I just, I love it. It like, those are my favorite type of people uh, because I think one of my favorites had to have been your Kyle Long tweet. And just all of your replies being like, duh, dude, he's not coming back. He's yeah. never playing again. He's not coming back to Chicago. There's no way. He's too injury prone. And it's like, are you just chill the fuck are out? Are you serious? Bro. Like, do you really think Kyle Long's actually coming back to play football in Chicago? Like, just, come on. Yeah. Just go outside for a walk, homie. You know, dude, exactly, man. Look yeah. at grass. Maybe pick up a job application. Maybe you know, a baseball bat. Like, it's maybe hit up a, hit up a singles club. You know, I don't know. Like, 
like put a ball in a hoop, you know, push a fucking hoop down the road. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Just do anything but what you're doing right now because you suck at what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. That's the best is like when someone really doesn't understand Twitter and just takes it all seriously and you're just being a shit bag the whole time. And like, uh, just uh, poking the bear. Gotta love it. Yeah, no. That's what I mean. Like, we're, we're literally at this point. What was that? I, no, I was going to say, should we get into more serious stuff or just keep talking about how we're Jagoffs? Yeah, no, I'm, I want to make one more Jagoff point before we jump on. But, like, I, I just, like, that's the point where we're at with Bears Twitter. Like, I, I think, I think like, that just kind of brings it all the way, you know, all the way fucking together. Justin, I love that you're in the comment section, buddy. Thanks for listening. Um, but, like, that's – everyone's so on edge, man. Like, it's – they are so starved for football, like – and uh, that's why we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about today, because the Bears are giving us a little bit, you know, as they do every May. Um, we have a pretty exciting draft class, including, you know, the guy headlining the draft class and Bayless Jones Jr. But um, Lucas, what are we talking about today? What what is what does Lucas Freddy have up his well, sleeve to talk about? I'd about to, yeah, I'd like to tell you, if you're starving for football, I mean, if you need some some football content, the USFL isn't terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't want to even get into it. That's partially what I was responding to in the beginning of it. I I can't like sometimes motherfuckers just don't want to accept like facts and logic and stats and just sort of just like, nah, yeah, you suck. Um, which is fine. I I have no problem just like destroying that in the timeline, but it's not going to get any time in the podcast. Um, overall, I think one of the bigger things that just happened uh, today was Akeem Hicks posting on his Instagram for like 30 seconds from the point. I saw Daniel Greenberg tweet, okay, Akeem Hicks put a picture of him sacking Aaron Rodgers on his Instagram. By the time I went on Instagram and looked at Akeem's Instagram, it was off. So there is picture evidence out there. Um and yeah, I, I don't think he's coming, you know, like I think uh, some people are saying it's because of the Packers. Some people are saying it's because of the bears. I think he just was trying to post like a memory on Twitter and like maybe, maybe just interact with some former fans and just have a little bit of fun and didn't realize how fucking really the state of Twitter and the internet in general that we just described and how intense people are. So maybe right away he, Thought it was like people assume the worst thing. Who knows? Maybe the Bears are signing him. Maybe by the time, maybe right now, he's going to make me look like the Jagoff and he'll be signed. But overall, I just, I don't see it happening, right? Like, first, he's not an ideal fit in New Orleans. He played in a 4-3 and really kind of had a rough start to his career and had a bit of a, a you know, rebound type year with Belichick by Belichick putting him, um, you know, where he should be doing, playing two gap and, and, just at, that's what Belichick does, right? He'll ask someone like a Danny Shelton or someone that's just, hey, first round pick, had a bad year. Why don't you come with us? We're just going to ask you to do what you did in college and we're going to get some value out of you and flip you for a comp pick. And that's essentially what he did. And he came to the Bears and really flourished with us. Um, that's one thing. And then just look at the average age of the signings that Ryan Poles has made. I don't think he signed anyone over 26 or 27 years old. Like, so... I just don't see it happening. If it does, great, you know, but just like with the injury history and him ruling out guys like Jesper Horstead, Tariq Cohen, ton of guys on failed physicals, like how many games has Akeem Hicks played? I don't know. I would love to have him. Like I, I get the sentiment. He's, he, dude, he was an amazing player for us, like in, uh, a fan favorite, deservingly so. Like always made plays when he was on the field, but these last couple of years have been rough, you know? Yeah, I mean, kind of speaking as the elder statements of like Akeem Hicks, because like I, you know me, dude, I love Akeem Hicks, probably one of my favorite Bears 
of like the last 10 years, not even for what he does on the field, just for like what he adds to like a locker room and kind of what he adds, like the mentality of being a Chicago bear, because like, that was always the thing I saw with the team. You know, the stats were great. The tackles are awesome. When you look at the box score during his healthy seasons, that was always cool. But like, he just kind of encapsulated what it meant to be a Chicago bear. And that's something we hadn't seen for basically until uh, Erlocker Briggs Tillman all left. You know what I mean? That, that was lost for a while. We didn't really have that guy, you know, Kyle Fuller could have been close to being that guy. He was a good shutdown corner, but he was never really that vocal leader. He was never really that like guy that you just kind of saw heating up during a game to where he's just got that. <laughs> and I'll get owned for this. That's fine. Cause it's not a metric you can fucking uh, measure, but like he has that dog in him, bro. Like his fucking dog overall on Madden is a hundred. Oh, 100%. You can measure that. And it's, it's clear as fucking day with Keem Higgs. But yeah. And I mean, like, so I under I definitely understand. Um, I think it's a I think it's he got kind of woken up to a tough market. Um, it's really hard to justify signing him to big money right now, or really, you know, a a big contract in general. Even like most teams aren't going to want to take a shot at a one year deal because he simply can't stay on the field. Um, the biggest, the, the only way I'd really want to see Akeem come back would be at the right contract number, which would probably be around the vet minimum. You know a one-year deal. Maybe it's just a little bit of like, I understand Poles wants to set a new uh, mentality and everything like that, but like maybe kind of carry over with the guys that you want to keep around who were with last year's team, because like I guarantee Roquan Smith vibes with Akeem Hicks. You know what I mean? I guarantee Jalen Johnson eats up the shit that he says, Eddie Jackson, those types of guys, they kind of want to see a lot of out of this year. Plus it would have to, it would have to be with his role as well. You wouldn't sign Akeem Hicks to start. It's simple, simple as that. You wouldn't sign him to start. You'd sign him to be the occasional pass rusher to be that I, guy. I wouldn't beat him there because we do need some more interior pass rush. So, like, I I could see that for sure. I don't I don't hate that at all, really, because he's yeah. always been an effective pass rusher throughout. And I think I think the less you keep him on the field, the better. You know what I mean? Because I don't I don't think you're going to see him if he does come back on on the first two downs. I just genuinely don't see that. I, I see him as like the situational pass rusher, maybe a guy's having a tough game on third down. You know what I mean? And he just can't get to the quarterback. Well, you got Akeem out there. And uh, Akeem is a guy who I feel like could accept a role like that. He wouldn't be someone who would be like pushing to start. Obviously he's a complete, he's a competitor. Like that's what we love about Akeem Hicks. He will always compete. He'll always want to be that guy, but he, he seems like that guy who can take a step back, realize his role within a younger team and uh, just kind of help them get to that next level. Because dude, I'm telling you, Akeem Hicks loves being a Chicago Bear. He loves the city of Chicago. And when you're getting to about the point of his career that you're in and uh, you're not getting the money offers, you're not getting contending teams really bothering with you, there's something to that. And honestly, if Akeem were to come in and play that role and kind of help uh, build the next the next era of the Monsters in the Midway and the cheesiest like line ever, he would be beloved in Chicago even more than he already is. Yeah, and I see that. You know what I mean? Like for the bet minimum, I would never snuff my nose at that. But I and, and I, I, I can see him actually coming in and playing that role and be being willing to do that because he came into the Bears when they weren't that good. And it's not like we overpaid him. We gave him a one year deal. He was kind of down and out, you know, um, and then he had a resurgent career and he got paid by us as well. So I feel like there is a bit of loyalty there with him. Um, now, if someone's going to offer him five million and we offer him the vet minimum, of course, like make the smart decision, Akeem, for you and everyone else. Um, but I, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if it's him choosing between a million and a half versus a million with the bears, like I think he'll, he'll take the $500,000 pay cut. We'll see though. Um, next thing 
What's yeah, up? If I if I could just make one final point here, um, to kind of relate to Sox fans here, if I can make an analogy of what Akeem Hicks would be, think like Paul Canerco when the Sox signed Jose Abreu, took the step back, was a great guy off the bench, and helped elevate Jose Abreu into the player that he is today. And you can see a guy like Jose Abreu do that with current players. That's that's just my Sox analogy. I had to toss it in there because it it makes too much sense because I think Akeem can be that guy. Okay. All right. Anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead with I your point. is beloved in the city of Chicago from a, a quarter of the city or half of the city. I don't know how it's broken, but <laughs> <laughs> I, it hurt a little bit to hear you say quarter. But I, I guess I'm not too offended. But I'm a shitbag. What do you want me to say? I mean, here's the thing. I got mad respect for all the true Sox fans, but there was uh, a group of younger kids, probably around my age, that were tired of losing as a Cubs fan and um, just jumped on that train and they claim to be real Sox fans, but they weren't there. They're not lifers. And those lifers I got mad respect for, but uh, you know, it's a, it, now it's embedded in them because it's a 15 year transition, but this is not a baseball podcast. Um, mad respect for the true lifers of white Sox fans, no doubt about it, but let's move into something a lot more positive. Our guy, all pro Quan. I don't know if you heard this. He was at the Brewers game all day. Jay Fowler, ESPN, reports that all um, Roquan Smith and extension talks should heat up between the Chicago Bears and Roquan Smith. So, I mean, that's like, it should be a no-brainer. But I was getting a little bit worried there for Roquan Smith and his possible future with the Chicago Bears. I didn't know maybe Flus wanted to bring in his own type of linebacker. Maybe... Um, you know, there's there's so many factors that go into it. After the draft, I felt a lot more comfortable. During the draft, I was like, this is your most, this is your best chip right here. Other than Justin Fields for how much how much value you can get, this is your best piece. So if you want to trade him in the draft, I, I could see you getting max value for him. But after that passed, I was like, okay, he's definitely going to just light it up this year, even if he doesn't get an extension. And I, and I was actually a little worried too, right? Like, how could... um how could Ryan Poles give an extension to a player that he's never truly evaluated in house? Like he's never really had those meetings with him for Ryan pace. It's a no brainer. He drafted him, saw him develop really, you know, I, I just saw, I saw it going either way. We don't know if this is a true report, but it's well-deserved. And um, yeah, I think it should happen. I think it should happen before the season starts. Yeah. Um, obviously two absolute pro uh, all pro uh, all pro Quan guys right here. Um, I actually did see that while I was at the baseball game. I actually posted a, I actually posted a, not safe for work uh, tweet about it because I was just that damn happy. But like I, I kind of had a feeling once, um, once they started talking to Roquan in the off season, and you know in interviews and whatnot, and they started getting him into the building, and he kind of started talking with Eberflus, and they discussed like what kind of went on with that whole idea. I really believed that Roquan staying. Like I, I think that killed any idea that I thought he was going to get moved. Um, when you hear Matt Eberflus talk about what he wants on a defense, like, and I said this when Eberflus was kind of really talking about his philosophy, you think of Roquan Smith, like that's the first guy you think of. And Matt Eberflus being the defensive mind that he is and being a guy who can, you know, understand what defensive talent is, especially when you have it in front of you. I, I had a feeling all I was going to take was just see Roquan on the field see him see him kind of mess around in this system see him you know interact with his teammates and show the leader that he is like Roquan is going to be the leader of the defense this upcoming year it's going to be unquestioned and I think Matt Eberflus will go to Ryan Poles if he hasn't already and be like listen I don't want this guy going anywhere I need him I want to set 
a tone on my – I want to set a tone in my football team. I want to start a culture, and that guy, Roquan Smith, is going to start that culture because I truly, be, I truly believe Roquan is that guy. He's positivity. Um, he's intense. He is – he's the unquestioned leader. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even have to sit here and explain it to people because they should be able to see it from what Roquan Smith has already shown in his career. Well, he he's is the unquestioned around the ball. He's never stopping. Like you don't see it. Like you want to hear it talk about loafs and bullshit like that. Like you don't see him stop moving his feet ever. He's never taking place off like hundred miles per hour. Always. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, lap, I believe he do as an he does have an agent. He just does not have his original agent with the uh, original holdout in his contract. I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, I mean, like even even outside of what he does with tackles, with you know interceptions, whatnot, even all all the great plays that he makes, he's constantly in the middle of that defense, telling people where they need to go. You know, making sure everyone's in the right spot. He's fucking John, dude. Like I like. Roquan isn't totally a vocal guy off the field, but when you watch him on that field, dude, he's constantly talking. He takes over for sure. Constant communication. Like if someone's not in the right spot, you see him moving a defensive tackle inside when they or outside when they should be in or inside when they should be out or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Roquan's on top of that type of thing. And that's just, that's something you can't teach, man. That's a mentality. And that's the type of mentality that they drafted in Roquan Smith. And that's what made him so dominant on the college level. So, you know, honestly, obviously there's always those talks about, you know, the burner accounts on Twitter with 10 followers. They're going to talk about, well, you can get this for Roquan Smith. If you trade him right now, that's fine. Like if you, if you genuinely want to ride that train to think that the bears are going to trade him, go ahead. But I truly believed that once they got him in the building and Ryan poles and fucking Maddie, we got a chance to meet uh, Roquan Smith and see what he was all about. They do. I guarantee they've already fallen in love with the fucking guy. And uh, the announcement that there's going to be some talks heating up, I I think it just makes too much sense, man. I would not be surprised at all if there was a deal done by week one. Well, and week one. We're, you know, you'd think like a, a few people on blogs and, and podcasts notice right away, like, hey, man, Darius Leonard produced a fuck ton in the role that Roquan Smith is going to play. Like, his price tag is going to shoot up. Now, would we rather try to lock him in for maybe 19 to 20 mil? Because that's what we're talking. You know, he's probably going to be right around 20, 20 million. He might be up to 21.5, something like that. Could come down to 18.5. Who knows? But you got to think, too, with agents and, and what's it called? They're not negotiating on, like, good faith and, like, hey, we know you're going to do good. A lot of times they're they're bringing accolades into the mix and they're going to say okay well Fred Warner makes this much and it's depreciated or it's you know it's depreciated this much in the years with the salary cap raise um he has had this many first team all pros you've had this many second team all pros here's a fair number and then maybe a player might want to try to get a little more or a team might get stingy but i think that's really you're looking at like that 19 mil 185 to 215 range but i think it's going to fall right around 19 i think he's going to come just under 20 maybe i'll be wrong um, but yeah, you think about like Eberflus's nose too. He's like, if he watches some film on him, he can be like, Hey man, this guy might go absolutely fucking insane. And it's going to cost us 23 million starting next year. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that kind of comes into play when you're thinking about it. You also look at how many blue chip players Sorry, excuse me for, for hiccuping, but, um, you, I'm just a fat fuck. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I can confirm all of that. <laughs> yeah, no, but, um, uh, you know, without losing my train of thought, I, I think that all, all goes into 
the extension. I think it just makes too much sense. You don't have any blue chip players. What are you going to fucking not sign your last blue chip player? You don't have a first rounder till next year. Like Kyler Gordon, by all accounts, has been lighting it up in uh, in rookie or not rookie camps, OTAs, voluntary OTAs. Like that's awesome, but you don't have any blue chip players on your team right now. Justin Fields is a prospect that can be that type of player, but you know, there's no other top three, top five at their position players on this fucking team. So for you to give that up without having anything to replace it, like, especially when you have all that money in the books, it would be absurd. It would be absolutely absurd. Um, just because it's someone else's guy. I, it just doesn't make any sense. So yeah. Well, kind of, and kind of jumping on that, Lucas, um, I like the point you were making about potentially even saving money by signing this deal now, whereas we would have to deal with it down the road. Um, this would also save us from having to play the franchise tag game, which um, is honestly something you don't want to toy around with, especially with a guy who's like at the top of his, you know, one of the tops at his position. Um, not having to having that franchise tag available for like another player that maybe goes off this year or something like that. It's just flexibility to have down the road. It just is so much better of an idea to just get this done and over with, dealt with. You have your team captain. Hopefully we bring back fucking captain's patch so we can just put this fucking just one that's bigger than everyone else's on Roquan's jersey. Um, that's Luke, a great segue, actually, Duke, if you if you don't have much more. Um, um, sign Roquan Smith. Makes sense. Um, Ugga bugga. Banging in a rock. It's really not fucking rocket science. Oh, and we have a ton of cap next year. So it legitimately makes too much sense. Like we could sign Roquan now and it will affect us absolutely zero down the road. Zero. None. None at all for future team building. And he'll always be productive. So honestly, any cap hit that he is in the prime of his career, come on. Like this just makes too much sense. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of captains, captains, uh Matt Eberflus during his press conference, there's a couple things I want to um you know, comment on, but Matt Eberflus did not confirm nor deny if there would be set captains or weekly captains. So that will be my first strike on you, Flus, you cocksucker, if you don't give us permanent captains. I want to see a permanent C on Roquan Smith jersey, on someone who emerges as the special teams, like standout gunner slash maybe return man. Um, Whoever is going to be, I, I want a special teams captain, and then I want Dave Montgomery and uh, I don't want it on a kicker either. I don't want a Cairo Sam, Cairo Santos. Oh, Cairo doesn't get the No, I want like one of these. Maybe giving me one rookie captain that's going to be a star on special teams. Give me Roquan Smith. Give me David Montgomery, and give me Justin Fields. Like, let's be an appropriate organization. Let's have some fucking respect for ourselves and, and put a, a C on our quarterback's jersey and our middle linebacker. Or it could have been Mac too. Your best pass rusher. Maybe your best corner, your just the best player on your defense deserves it. That's Roquan Smith makes all the calls. We talked about it. We don't need to go into it any further. Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing that came up. I think he just kind of hasn't thought much about it. It's funny because I I had a thread come out about the Bears' state of the franchise. It's my pinned tweet. So if you want to read through it, please go through. I'm not going to read every text to you. Um, but that was one of the one of my points was that we're going to have two thirds of the units be a lot. Um, be efficient this year. Special teams is going to be good. If you don't, if you didn't really notice, like in the draft, we had four or five guys um, between the draft and, and free agency that have, have gunner experience, like straight up, like have been a gunner for multiple reps and put up stats for a couple of years, um, whether it was in college or in the pros. So that to me, like la- the last couple of years, we've really been short on gunners. We had Cordell Patterson 
Uh, we had Chirac, your boy Chirac McManus. Obviously, that dipped out. Um, but after those guys, we really didn't have anyone to replace them. And and even like a couple years ago on returners, right? We had fucking Anthony Miller fuck his shoulder up at the last game, last play of the year, or last game of the year. I think it was the Saints game. Um, because he was out there returning kicks like random people experiment. So that's one thing. And then in his opening remarks, he talked about how he wanted to be efficient on special teams. And before we get into our special our schedule predictions, I think the whole thread is about how we need to keep a level head level headed um just a level head going into looking at this schedule and what what the possibility is. I'm sorry for for not being able to speak English, but just have a level head looking at it because you really look at this defense like what did we lose? Mac was out the last 10 games. Defense was still pretty good. Wasn't great. Our, our biggest problem was secondary. You fixed that with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker if all goes well. Um so your pass rush, you, you still have Travis Gibson and Robert Quinn. Those were the guys that were there at the end of the year. Lost a couple linebackers, but who was it? Alec Ogletree. He had a pretty good season, but they picked him up because Robert Quinn's uh, sister was running in a race and he just came to watch the game with or watch the race with Robert Quinn. They signed him off the street. Like that wasn't a huge signing. Danny Trevathan, kind of like an Akeem Hicks, definitely the heart and soul of the defense for that turnaround took us from those just awful beatings we were taking and losing by 45 under Mark Tressman to teams like the Packers and the Saints and the Patriots, like awful, awful games, like took those defenses and turned them around. So I see why we have a sentimental uh, attachment to them, but we didn't really lose that many guys. Eddie Goldman was out the year before, and that's you're, you're talking to a huge Eddie Goldman fan. Um, he was attracting some attention and getting towards what he is um, towards the end of the year. You could tell that the year off hurt him. But it's not like we lost a ton of these guys. We had a bunch of sneaky additions with uh, Justin Jones, Muhammad, um, um, Nicholas Moreau, uh, the kid from Tennessee that plays slot corner. Like, And then you bring in the draft picks, two, two of our high-end draft picks. I think this defense will start off a little rocky and have the opportunity to become top 10. I think they have the talent and the coaching to do so. I think right now, if you look at this defensive talent and compare it to what the Colts had, it's, it's better. Like it really is a better defense from top to bottom. Um, they have a lot of role players or guys that bears fans would be down on a lot of guys that are like, who, who the, you know, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Kenny Moore came out of nowhere. He was a UDFA. Um, Darius Leonard was a second round pick. That's probably their superstar, but they don't have, they were using guys like Xavier Rhodes last year. You know what I mean? Like they don't have like the pieces that the bears have right now. So I think we're underselling the current talent that the bears have. Um, and then we're also over it's it, God, this fucking fan base is insane, bro. Cause they'll tell us to other bears fan. We fucking suck, dude. We are terrible. We don't have one receiver on this team. We are dog shit. And then this, the second someone else outside of Chicago says that the bears suck. Everyone's like, Oh my God, is this guy for real right now? Do you realize that Velas Jones jr. Is the next Julio Jones. Like, do you understand who you're talking to right now? We are going to win 11 games. It's just fucking blasphemy, bro. So that's that's my whole idea behind the thread and behind this press conference, I think, is just keeping a level head. Um, and it looks like, you know, that's what Flus is doing. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%, dude. I, I think um, I, I do highly recommend anyone to go read that thread. But um, I really like the points you're making about the defense because I'm I'm pretty damn bullish on the defense, man. Like, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think, um, I think they're obviously going to be question marks. 
And, um, you know, as much as I love a guy like uh, Jaquan Brisker and uh, Kyler Gordon, obviously there's, you know, a little bit of the unknown with those two. But even even with that, I think this team has far more depth than it had last year. Sure, we don't have the star power of a Cleo Mack. That, that's obvious. And uh, maybe yeah, we don't have as much of a – Other than Roquan Smith. Zero yeah. names. Even Jalen Johnson's not a name right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and But that's fine. Honestly, that just – that means you need to check your ego at the door. You're not this big time player. Roquan's the guy that's going to make all this work. And, uh, you know, but anyway, I really think there's a lot of talent on this defense. And I think there's a lot of depth. Like I said, fresh players play great and players who don't have to think play fast. You know what I mean? And I think Matt Eberflus is going to keep players who know the scheme on the field. Um, obviously he's already preached, you know, getting to the football, all that stuff. You can look at that as coach jargon and that's fine. Cause it probably kind of is, but it seems like there's an expectation to be able to play on this defense. And that wasn't something we necessarily had last year. It was a lot of, we need the best fucking guy possible regardless. Otherwise we're going to drown at a certain position group. Whereas dude, Matty Rufus is like, listen, man, I want my guy. I want my guy out there. Like I want you to play a certain way. You know what I mean? I want you to be able to do your job within this defense. I don't need, you know, I don't need to feel like I'm forced to play anybody. I want to be able to play the guys who belong on the field compared to being so desperate at every position. And I think that speaks into what Ryan Poles did in the off season with uh, who he signed, brought in, you know, you listed some of the defensive tackles. Um, I, it's just, there's bringing in, bringing in a lot of competition. And we we're even seeing that on the offensive side of the football. You know, a lot of people are really down the offensive line and I'm not going to lie, dude, I'm not jumping for joy with what we did on the offensive line, but Dude, we're going to have so many camp bodies that are above 300 pounds on in the offensive line room during training camp. And that's just such a good thing, dude, because like competition breeds intensity. It breeds stars, man. That's that's how you show up in this league as an undrafted free agent. Nobody understands that more than Ryan Poles, man. You go in there and you're like, we need we don't have a starting five on the offensive line right now. We have like 15 to 20 guys in, in this room right now. Five of you are going to make it. The rest of you probably aren't. Who's going to take these fucking spots? And, you know. I love I, that. You know, but that's that's what it feels like. That's why it feels like polls went so hard at getting a lot of these offensive linemen. You know, he brought in guys who have started NFL, a lot of NFL experience. And he brought in a lot of guys who were raw coming out of college. And it's a lot of guys who this is your shot, man. Like, this is probably the best shot you're going to get, especially for a lot of those drafted rookies. And some of those guys that maybe we signed. Um, I'm not saying the offensive line is going to be pretty this year. We might not even be that great on the offensive line. But it's trying to build that idea in their head that we are going to bring people in constantly until we figure it out. It's not going to be we're going to start – we're going to fucking move defensive tackle to our right guard and start him for fucking 10 games a year. You know what I mean? It's not It's not going to be any of that. It's going to be – if you're not making it and the guy behind you isn't making it, we're going to – work. you're gone. You know what I mean? We're going to be quick to pull this fucking trigger to get another guy in there. And I think that's that's the exact mentality that Ryan Poles has gone with. And uh, we could see that in multiple places on the roster. Well, and, and you can call me a psychopath if you want, but I'm not going to lie. Like, I give – I think there are trigger events that make – that are seem small, but make fucking huge things happen. And I think realistically, one of the biggest issues and mistakes that uh, Matt Nagy made in his entire tenure was after having a successful 2018 saying, Hey, we don't need to upgrade any spots at all. And I get it. They were kind of cash strapped. They were kind of cash strapped, whatever. But they said, Hey, listen, two weeks into training camp, because we're not getting as much training camp, 
We're going to break the 22 starters off and start getting ready for Green Bay. That told every single person on that team. And if you and I said it's it's kind of fucking crazy that a bunch of people had drop off seasons in the same year. And it's like every single person from 2018 that had an excellent season did not build on that after that. And that's because you had no one lighting a fire under their ass. I love the strategy and I think it's a low key strategy that they're doing. Bringing in Jaquan Brisker, you're saying, hey, listen, he's playing strong safety. So you're letting Eddie Jackson know, hey, this is still your spot, but he can also move into free. And then you bring in Elijah Hicks. Then it's saying, hey, listen, he can play both spots. They can, they both they can both play both spots. So you are on fucking notice. Like you you got paid, whatever. That's fine, but you are on fucking notice. You better perform. And they're doing that with every single person. And to me, that hey, you have five guys for one spot. It listen, I get it. They're fourth, fifth round picks, sixth round picks, or whatever they may be. I, I understand some are UDFAs. Doesn't matter, dude. You can go through every fucking draft and find a gem. And to me, if you're saying, hey, listen, we got four guys in the draft with elite traits that can play multiple positions um, other than Kramer really and saying, Hey, listen, there's one spot I'm throwing, I'm throwing a stick in the fucking middle of the, in the middle of the room. One of you guys grab it, sharpen it and fucking, you know, hunt for your kill. Like take that spot. I it's only going to breed an animal. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like. It's not crazy at all. Lucas sink or swim, sink or swim. It's, it's that simple. And like why I'm not bothered by that at all, because like, I love guys like Roquan Smith, but you know what? If you have this mentality in the locker room, you don't have to worry about a guy like Roquan Smith. Cause you know, he's, you know, even if you like toy with the idea, if Matty Rufus were to stand up into the, like, if you were to stand up in the locker room and be like, I want everyone to earn their job today. Roquan Smith's going to earn his job. Jalen Johnson's probably going to earn his job. Guys like Kyler Gordon, who come, uh, Jaquan Brisker, and truly, I believe Eddie Jackson, they'll earn their job. Guys like Cody Whitehair, they'll earn, they'll earn their job. Uh, Darnell Mooney will earn his job. Justin Fields will earn his job. Dave Montgomery will earn his job. You know what I mean? The guys who are going to earn their job and respond to that well, you don't have to worry about them at all. You know what I mean? So that's not the guys we're worried about. We're worried about the guys who maybe they have a little bit of inflated contract and they think they're going to start this year. Or but, even dude, just like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, I, I my big, my biggest thought is like, I think they're going to try to wean out the guys who think they're expecting anything to be handed to them type thing. You know what I mean? Like they're going to tell everyone, earn your spot, you know, prove you need prove you belong on the field at all times it's one of those things because when met when you're talking about that example and i'm really glad you brought this up because this is a great fucking point lucas and i really like that you brought this in but I thought uh, about matt, that for years bro but matt Nagy like separating those 22 guys as his starters that just that dude it makes people complacent as much as you don't want to admit it it makes people complacent because they think they're just immediately in for that job and even if they are even if you already have it set in your mind that they're going to be number one on the depth chart by the end of training camp don't fucking show that at any point make sure they're constantly busting their ass in training camp to prove that they're it like this isn't like 40 year old fucking tom brady where he just has to show up you know what i mean we don't have any of those guys on this team we have zero of those guys on this team that can just show up and go through the fucking motions because the guys that could maybe get away with it. We already know aren't going to do that. And that's why they're so great. AKA Roquan Smith, but we need to show, we need to have 22 guys on the field who will never go through the motions. They'll be playing balls to the fucking wall every possible second. And I think Lucas, that's, that's what we're trying to build. Well, and you know a big I mean? part of being a coach, like that's what I was getting at before I, I was going to cut you off. Like a big part of being a coach is understanding how to dangle the carrot. 
how do you motivate everyone is motivated in different ways so i think the the biggest thing like we saw we're gonna have to kind of touch on Tariq Cohen but he talked about kind of how he was falling out of love with football and during the process of like his whole players tribune notice if you haven't read it it's really touching it's fucking awful that his his Achilles is hurt again like it just seems like everything's stacked against them. And um, we've always been fans of Tariq Cohen whenever he was getting slandered. So it's like fucking prayers up to him. And hopefully he, you know, isn't too, uh, cause it's the mental aspect of it. Just like that sucks, bro. You could see it in the video, his ankle. Like you could see, he, he didn't even think about the pain, the physical pain. He, you could just see the, his face. It just, he knew he was like, fuck dude, another setback. So I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm sentimental to that. And, you know, prayers up to Tariq. But I think at the end of the day, like when we're talking about it from a perspective of motivation, um, not everyone's in love with football, like more than the money. A, a lot of times, like you look at guys, like sometimes they're introduced to the sport late. Sometimes they fall out of love with football. Maybe they love football and they, they got tired of the politics of it um, and just how free agency works in the media. Like not everyone loves football more than their paycheck. So if you give guys paychecks and don't keep the fire under their ass to keep earning that paycheck, that's it, bro. They're going to fucking, they're not going to perform at a high level. It's, it's that simple. So, um, no, the, the competition that that's something that stuck out to me since that day. I was like, what do you mean? They're breaking off two weeks early. Like, I think I might've been excited for it at first, but then like very shortly after I'm like, wait, you're just telling all these guys that their jobs are, Perfectly safe. Like, as you think about it, you, you fight for targets as an offensive weapon too. Like that's, what's going to get you paid. And if you're not getting, if you know, you're getting all the targets, why the fuck would you, why would you put those extra reps in? Why would you get that extra lift in? Just doesn't make any sense. You already know you're going to get, you already know you're closer to that next payday than anyone else on the team. Um, and it doesn't look like they're going to allow for that. And we saw that kind of like with the hierarchy with Rashad Coward, Riley Ridley, um, a, a ton of shit, you know, Anthony Miller going up and down on the depth chart. I, I don't know. Let's not get back into the Matt Nagy era. Should we jump into um, – there was really nothing else that stood out. I know there was a little bit of Jalen Johnson shit to him saying it's kind of like a complete reset. People were th- kind of implying like they don't think he's staying for the long haul. I don't think we need to worry about that currently. Um, if they upgrade the position, they upgrade it. If they don't, then they could re-sign him. He looks like a good player. Like I think it's a little bit much to overreact to that. If you want to touch on that, Duke, before we get into the schedule release – I'm going to keep it real fucking short. It's currently May 18th. We are like two months away from training camp. Jalen Johnson will be on the roster the entire season. He will probably start. It is way too early to think about any of this shit. He's under contract for what? The next two years. Like this isn't, this isn't some, I'm pretty sure it just played a second year, right? This is going to be going into his third. So he'll have another year minimum after this. Like that's way too fucking early to be thinking about this. Like that that that's that's why I hate this time of the year, Lucas. Like just because we are pulling, we're like, and I'm not saying us because I I think we I I think I take a lot of pride, and I know you do, in not grasping at straws constantly. But what I see from a lot of this fan base is like any little soundbite. They're like, oh my gosh, this is an this is an indictment of fucking. Uh, Jalen Johnson and it's like it just sounded like a coach talking about a player he wasn't totally familiar with and it talked about a player who is entering his third season and entering his second fucking defensive playbook you know what I mean like it's a reset it's something that he's starting over with you know it's it's something new to him 
you know, this is the first new thing he's had to deal with since he was a rookie. So, I mean, whatever, like, it's just guys being honest, you know, I, I don't know what else, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, if you're buying into this shit, like, I got some, like, oceanfront property in fucking Kansas for you to check out because it's, like, an incredible deal. Like, let me know. Oh, I haven't heard that. That's, like, an old-timey saying, bro. Oh, you're an asshole. (laughs) I don't even even care, dude, because I'm sorry. If you're buying into stuff like that, like, I got nothing for you. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Lucas. Give us us a breakdown how you're feeling about the schedule as I get it uh, set up here on the screen. Um, I guess if we're going to start from the top, I really like the idea of playing San Fran week one. Um, that is if they are rolling with, no, I I don't know what's going on with Jimmy G at the, at the current moment in the state of that franchise. But if Trey Lance starts getting his first true start, like taking over the team, um, we saw what happened with the Cleveland Browns and Justin Fields. I'm not saying that Trey Lance is going to get set up for fucking failure the same way that Justin Fields was, but things are going to uh, not be working great. So that is a roster. When I look at this thing overall, like here's the whole fucking season. Here's the whole, everyone we're playing. There's really only a couple juggernauts, if you will, the bills, the San Francisco 49ers, I think can qualify as that, but that's just because they, find a way to beat teams in different ways every single year. They're just a good team. And they do have a lot of talent on their roster, even though there's question marks at quarterback, but I'm not going to call them a juggernaut. Juggernaut means you have to have the whole team put together and the quarterback. That is the Buffalo Bills. Green Bay Packers, I think their best shot at winning a Super Bowl last year um, and possibly the year before. Those were probably their best two teams. I think they're taking a step back talent-wise. Packers fans won't admit that, but at the end of the day, even if we really liked Christian Watson – um, because of his straight line speed and his ability to just do that one, <laughs> do that one thing, um, you know, I, I think I think they're they're taking a step back. They lost the best player on their offense. Devontae Adams at this point in his career is better than Aaron Rodgers is at this point in his career. Um, yes, I know he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, I know he's one of the better ones. I don't give a fuck. Devontae Adams was the most important piece of that piece of that offense last year. He's a coverage dictator. No one else on that offense is going to do that now. Aaron Rodgers no. is able to scan the field and distribute the ball if that's what they're able to do. But you're asking Sammy Watkins to overperform. You're asking Christian Watson to get up to speed extremely quickly. When I we talked about how it's a risk because there is a ton of development that needs to happen. Sure, he's going to have three or four of those plays where they just get him a screen pass and he breaks it to the fucking house or a jet sweep or something like that. But at the end of the day, to really him install him in this offense, it's going to take a year to maybe three because it usually takes a year or two for a regular pretty good draft prospect you know what I mean now you're looking at a guy that is has a high ceiling to fill um so I think it could take him a little while to get up to speed to get to the point where he's at they're going to be in salary cap hell by that point um and yeah I think they did a little bit more to to sure up their defense I think their defense is a little bit better but I think their offense for sure took a step back and yeah I mean like the Patriots are a pretty good team but like there's a lot of poo on this schedule like if I could just jump in real quick, Lucas, when it comes to the Packers, um, just to keep it in like the broadest terms possible, I think last year was their biggest shot to make a big run. And I don't think their roster is like I think I think from this point on, with how much they're put they're uh, kicking the hoop down the road, um, they're 
their roster will never be good as it just was last year. I think that was the last great Packers roster we will see because it's eventually going to hit a point where you're going to have to start making some very difficult decisions. You just had to make an incredibly difficult one. Decisions are only going to get worse moving forward. So, like, I – I'm not that scared of the Packers. Like, I, I think they have a, the best chance to win the division. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I don't think it goes much farther than that at this point. And I don't think, like you were saying, Devontae Adams dictates coverage so often. Like, I don't think we're going to see that as much with with everyone else. And honestly, dude, you see what happens when Aaron Rodgers plays a team like the Buccaneers or like other top defenses. Once they shut down Devontae Adams, it doesn't always he's work out too leg. well. Yeah, he just yeah. starts all over his own nuts. Like, that's – Literally what he – I mean, dude, he put up fucking, what, seven points in a playoff game? Uh, it's always someone else's fault except for Aaron's. Um, no, but I, I think – I mean, like, dude, don't get me wrong. They have a they have a chance to make a run. I'm not saying they're like a Chicago Bears making the playoffs in 2019 or whatever year it was. No, they're they're not going to be playing in the Nickelodeon Bowl. There's no, no there's yeah, no like they have a that. chance to make a run, but I think their best chance already passed them. And the salary cap, I don't think it's going to allow them to do that. Now, if they find a way to ship Rodgers and have someone else eat his contract, like then every the whole fucking game changes. But right now, as it currently looks in the future, um, I, I don't I don't think they're going to be, you know, they could have solid rosters, but I don't think they're going to have a dominant roster for a little bit. It's going to be a few years. Um, they have to get a couple more guys. Like and Devontae Adams took a couple years to develop, so. You're really looking at it. What are, who are we looking at? We got the Falcons, the Cowboys. Best Cowboys are the best eight and eight fucking team every year. Kayla can tell you that. There's no doubt about that. They're the fucking they. They're just the flashiest team on paper, and they find a way to suck dick every single year. Um, the Texans. I love you, Lovey Smith. I think they actually made some great moves in the draft. Um, I still don't think they've closed the gap. The Giants. Like everyone's talking about the Giants. Um, ooh, Sean coming in hot. Oh yeah, you threw that up already. Dude, Sean. That's, that's scathing. That's scathing. I love that energy though. That's, that's some big balls right there for scathing. sure. No doubt about it. But like, you really look at the schedule. San Fran catching them week one is huge because we don't know uh, if Trey Lance is starting. I think that's a game that Bears can steal, and I'll say it like that because they do have a better roster top to bottom. Texans, Giants, like yeah, it's great. Jets had a lot of picks in the first round. Falcons had some picks in the first round. Also have the old Bears current roster. The Lions twice have a lot of picks in the first round. Like we see those names at the top of the first round every fucking year. Cause they usually get dick stomped throughout the year. So like, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt until it's like, Oh yeah, it looks like they're going to be good. You go through the quarterbacks. Okay. Either Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo or Trey Lance Davis mills, who was actually a surprise in that draft and should have been drafted way fucking higher. He played pretty well towards the end of the year. <clears throat> Daniel Jones, dog shit. Um, Carson Wentz. he might throw four touchdowns. He might throw four picks. You know what I mean? Like Kirk cousins, pretty good quarterback actually, but has continually fucking just pissed all down his leg. Every time he plays the Chicago bears, it's like we have his number for some reason. Yeah. So I I think the biggest thing you're kind of driving the point home here um, is that there's a lot of winnable games in the schedule. This is not some insurmountable type deal. And honestly, like if I'm looking at this schedule a couple years ago with the way these teams are built now, like I'm pretty damn happy about, you know, I'm pretty, pretty fucking excited about what the Chicago bears can do with this. Cause obviously like the Niners, that's probably going to be a pretty good game. Um, depending on if they do start Trey Lance, dude, like we, we still really don't know what Trey Lance is. Like we, we've only seen flashes. We don't know if he could come in and be good, dude. We could Trey Lance is exactly what is a quarterback prospect version of Christian Watson. 
Well, dude, like we could completely walk in and dick stomp them. You know what I mean? It's like the Niners are a very winnable game. Green Bay, I feel like our best bet, we're not going to sweep Green Bay this year. I think we can split. I don't see us beating them at Lambeau, but I could very much see us beating them in Chicago. Um, that's going to be our defense having to show up, and that's going to be Justin Fields taking a big step forward. But that, that'll that dictate a lot of that. Texans, not worried about that at all. You know, like you said, love, 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 lovey Smith, all that. Giants, please. Minnesota, like, I think we're going to start getting back to destroying Minnesota. Personally, I don't think they're that good. I think they have talent in a lot of different positions. But all you got to do is get to Kirk Cousins, and that game is fucking over. Um, Washington, I'm still not sold into what they're doing over there. I love Ron Rivera, but, and you know, they'll probably give a pretty good defensive performance. They'll make Justin Fields work for it. But, um, if Justin Fields is rolling by like week six, week six, man, I'm not worried about that at all. And I'm really not worried about Carson Wentz in his current state. Um, New England, that's going to be a toughie. Um, I think it's a winnable game, but I think it's one that is going to have to be perfectly executed. Like we're going to have to see the best of Matt Eberflus in week seven. And, uh, that's going to be a good test. If we're if we beat New England in week seven, we're all we're on cloud freaking nine as a fan base because we're feeling pretty good about us. Um, Dallas, I feel like Dallas games can just go so one way or the other, because in all honesty, when we completely destroyed Dallas a couple years ago in the Mitchell Trubisky game, we had no business beating them. They should have killed. They should have killed us. Their defense is one of the best in the league. And we just stomped all over them. So you never know what the hell you're going to get out of Dallas. That one's personally a kind of a toss up for me, but it's a winnable game. Dolphins. I don't buy the hype with the Dolphins yet. They have a lot of star talent, but they remind me of the early 2010 Philadelphia Eagles, personally. Um, Lions, we should sweep the Lions. Like, I, I understand they might have some new talent, but, like, we need to, like, we need to beat the Lions. Like, that's going to be a big, another big step. I, I could very much see us winning at least nine games and going five and one in the division. I, I know that's probably crazy to a lot of people, but I think, like, we can yeah, handle business. Element Duke. Dude, I, I really believe we can do that. Like, I think, like, I even if we go four and two and we lose two to the Packers, like, that is such a right step in the right direction. We just need to get back to handling business against teams we should handle business against. Atlanta, oh, fucking Marcus Mariota, are you kidding me? That's There's what no I'm shot. saying, dude. Like, like people are the talking. New York Jets. I'm sorry, Lucas. I know fucking Zach Wilson's your boy. The Jets ain't doing shit next year. Hey, I will um, say they did a lot to fucking help him out, though. I will say this run at the end of the season is going to be rough. And I understand like the late bye week has a lot of people kind of worried, especially the first year head coach. But I think after a Packers game in week 13, if we're kind of keeping our head above water at this point and, you know, taking care of business, not losing those three point games that we saw so often in the Matt Nagy era, we need that in week 14. Cause if we, if we're going to either win or lose against the Packers in that game, we have the Eagles, Bills, Detroit, and Vikings. I know we were just talking about how we need to handle business against Detroit and the Vikings, but those two teams to finish out the year, that could be crucial if we were to actually make a run. I don't necessarily believe we're going to make a run. I think our real real shot, if I'm going to make a, a bold prediction here, I think we go 9-8. and eight. Um, I think we see a lot more of a well-coached, more disciplined football team, but I still feel like we're lacking just a little bit of star power to put us over the top. Well, yeah, and that's that's what it is. Like, so, what was that team? The Bills, like, right before they got Josh? No. There was one game where I think the Bengals won. Andy Dalton sent the Bills to the playoffs. Like, if the Bears do make a run at the playoffs, that's the kind of team they're going to be. They're going to be like someone that has no business getting there. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to sell you and say the Bears are this Nick, great Nickelodeon Bowl for sure. Yeah, like they're not this great roster top to bottom or anything. But when I look at all these other teams, like 
I don't see a nine and eight prediction being out of bounds. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to give them that many wins, but what I was getting at at the beginning is how many teams are truly better than us top to bottom roster wise. Like I understand some of the New York had two big draft picks, but uh, the kid from Oregon was slipped. He was supposed to be number one. Like he was, he was the number one going into the season. So maybe there's some problems there. They've drafted a lot of fucking busts in the first round recently. Um, the Patriots are, are top to bottom better than us just because they're built with their lines um, and they play disciplined football and Mac Jones is in a way better situation, even though, and that's because they run the fuck out of the ball. So people want to talk about putting quarterbacks in a good situation. Mac Jones was able to distribute the ball last year to guys that we don't even fucking know on that team. They had tight ends like the bears and they had a good running game. So like, I get it. They have a much better offensive line, um, but you can also protect your quarterback and, and help your offensive line by, by, running the ball. If you're always dropping back in pass sets, it's going to work uh, against the, or to the detriment of your offensive line. So that's one thing. But I mean, just like when you really look at it, how many, like you are supposed to lose this game. Like you should lose, you should lose as the bears. You should definitely lose the San Fran game. Not saying they will. You should lose the Patriots game. You should lose your green Bay games. You should lose the bills game. And then you should probably lose the Eagles maybe the Cowboys as well. So now you're looking at, well, okay, there's still like eight games right there. I'm I'm also not buying into the Dolphins just because Tua. Um, they added a lot of star power. I'd say out of all the teams that actually added to their roster um, that I, I'm buying into the hype. Sorry, I'm just so fucking fat. I keep hiccuping. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, before you keep going, dude, Tua sucks, but now continue. No, he's terrible. Yeah. The two teams I'm actually buying into the, the moves they made are the Dolphins and the Jets. Um, but I think the Dolphins are limited by quarterback play, and I think the Jets are still kind of far away on defense. So, you know I like Zach Wilson, though. I'm not going to sit here and try to shy away. We're not going to get into that debate here. But I do like Zach Wilson, and I have a signed rookie autograph card that I pulled from a pack. So hope I need him to fucking go nuts as well because that'll be worth a pretty penny. Um, but yeah, man, I I could see this. Yeah, team. dude, like fifty cents at the thrift shop one day, man. They'll put it right next to the Rick Meyer card. I hope to God this guy goes Hall of Fame. You'll never hear the fucking end of it. Um, but <laughs> you will never hear the end of it, dude. I swear to you, you will get packages delivered to you once a week, letting you know just him while he's wearing his gold jacket. Um, but yeah, and I'll do it snail mail style. I'm not gonna send it via SMS or email. Like you're, I'll I'll pay for the fucking postage to to just. Absolutely. Just give me your address in 40 years. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see this team winning seven games. I could see him winning even possibly 10. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that that's, that's what they're going to do. But a lot of these games that they can go either way. Like I do think that the bears can steal one division games are always different, right? Like division games are always played differently. And with the Chicago bears with lovey Smith, Green Bay was always a, a split or, you know, the Bears were, were not just getting fucking pounced on. Maybe towards the end there a little bit when the defense was getting older. But <clears throat> I think Lovey, <coughs> Lovey won like his first 7 to 10 or something crazy like that against the Packers with Brett Favre. Um, so divisional games are always a toss-up. And then you look like, how good are the Eagles? They're they're decent. They're a pretty good team. Like, But are they great? I don't know. Cowboys, best 8-8 eight and eight team always. Atlanta. Marcus Mariota's garbage. Like I just see all these, these names and I'm not scared by them. It's not anything like last year's schedule where you had the Seahawks, the Rams. It's like, okay, if I saw those teams, I'd be like, we are losing against the Rams. We're losing against the Cardinals. We're losing against the Seahawks last year. You know what I mean? With this roster, like 
I, I, I see it differently. We're losing against the fucking Steelers, the Ravens. Like our schedule was so much harder um, last year that I think people like you're underestimating how many of these bad teams stay bad um, and how often they, they just never improve. Like the, what, what, what's a good jets team since Rex Ryan. Yeah. So I think uh, uh, Chad Pennington, they won the division or, or yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah, Chad Pennington, obviously Sanchez had a, what, the two NFC championship runs, which are just, it's just ridiculous point in fucking NFL history right there. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the biggest way I would probably encapsulate how Bears fans should feel about it is like, think like, think like what, 2019 when we were, or what was it, 2020 when we went to the Nickelodeon Bowl? Think like, think about, think about that. Think about how you felt about the Bears playing in that fucking game. Like, it felt like, wow, what an underachieving season. There's no fucking reason we should be playing this. It's only that much worse because it's on Nickelodeon. Like, how in the world did it go from 2018 to this? If the Bears were to make that game this year with the roster that we have after what we had just dealt with the past few years, I'm feeling really fucking good about it. I don't even care if we lose the game. I'm feeling like a guy who actually sees some sunlight at the end of the road. You know what I mean? I'm seeing a team that is going to go into next year being like, you know what? We're not that far away. Whereas like when it happened before, it was like, we should be playing later in the playoff fucking schedule. You know what I mean? We should be playing in the next round already. We shouldn't be worrying about this type of stuff because that's how talented that team was back then. But like where we are as a team, like that's, that's where I want expectations of bears fans to go. Like, I don't want you to think in the 2018 mentality anymore. That shit is dead. You know what I mean? Like this isn't a team that is, this team is not as talented as that was. So like this type of record is not a disappointment, even just winning eight games. That's not a disappointment in my eyes. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you have to have this idea that you want to win the Super Bowl every single year. Every team is going to preach that dude. Like, the fucking Jaguars are going to preach that shit this year, that they're going to go win the Super Bowl. But, like, that is going to be a step in the right direction just finishing around this, dude. Like, I've seen people predicting this team will win four games, and, like, you can't sell me on that. Like, and I'm not even an over-optimist, dude. I'm, you know, me and Lucas have sat here over and over and over again. And yeah, said I said last year the they're a four-win team. Like, I'm not going to always give them the benefit of the doubt, but... Yeah, like this... But we've said before, Lucas, like, we're not we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. We're probably not even going to win a playoff game if we make it. And there's a good chance we're not going to make the playoffs. But, like, I also don't buy into the fact that we're going to... We're a four-win team, you know what I mean? This schedule, with the way it's set, with this roster is set, I think there's going to be a couple surprises on the roster, and I think some positions will look like how they've looked. You know what I mean? Like on paper, but I think there's going to be something that will put us in the right direction heading into next year. At least, at least I think it will. You know what I mean? If that's, if that's my optimism, that's about as high as my optimism goes is this is going to be a year to build off of. Like, this isn't going to be a banner year. This isn't going to be the year to be like, Holy shit. Here we are. It's going to be, this team's going to go into next off season, believing they can do something. You know what I mean? Not that they're there, that there's still a lot of work ahead of the road but that they can go do something with the right pieces and with the right guys coming together and with enough old fashioned, you know, grinding, hard work, hard work. You know what I mean? Like just like <laughs> fucking really, really digging in and chalking your fucking knuckles and shit. You know what I mean? Just, just, no, I- just mashing bullshit. But yeah, I, I really believe this can be this type of year. 
there's a there's a lot. Of, yeah, no, they they'd be overachieving if they made the playoffs. But you really look at, I mean, we're playing how many different NFC opponents? Four, five, six, seven, eight, I think, or seven. Like, uh, there's only sixteen teams in in the in the NFC, and not all of them are good. A lot of them are bad. A lot of the good teams are in the AFC. So I think like a possible nine and eight season where you sneak into that seventh wild card spot, you're right. It would have a completely different feel. It wouldn't feel like we underachieved. It would feel like we overachieved. And then we have a full draft and a hundred million dollars to play with. Um, and I wouldn't even want Ryan pulls the bus is nut. If that was the case, I would want him to continue doing what he's doing. Maybe make one high profile signing where you spend some money on a guy, extend another guy. You know what I mean? Like extend a Jalen Johnson. If you really like him, spend big money on another guy and then improve instead of spending money like $4 million contracts and $3 million contracts, get a couple six and $7 million contract guys to come in on one year deals. Um, and just, and just keep making, I, I want constant success. I, we've seen blips. We've seen that as bears fans. I don't want that dude. I want it to be this type of approach. And that's the approach they're taking so far. A lot of what we're saying too, is also, contingent on the fact that Matt Eberflus isn't going to be a dickhead. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's a big part of it. If he's a dickhead, then you're going to have to start all over. But with a, with a well-coached team that is, has a pretty strong defense and good special teams, you have an opportunity to, um, to play above the bar that was set for you, especially by like a national audience. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, I really believe, and that, and that's what comes with, if we do overachieve this year, if we overachieve, a lot of guys have to overachieve on this roster. A lot of guys got to prove that they're it. Justin Fields has to prove that he's it. You know what I mean? Like a guy like Travis Gibson has to prove that he's it as a pass rusher or that Roquan Smith is that elite guy. Like, I mean, well, Roquan's a bad example because we already fucking know, but like there are guys that have to overachieve. Darnell Mooney has to have a great, a fucking 1300 yard year to prove that he's a number legit number one receiver. You know what I mean? So like if we overachieve, there's going to be a lot of guys already on the roster that we're feeling really good about. So like you said, instead of busting your nut and going out and getting fucking uh, trying to get like four all-star players at like 15 million a year, you can get, supplemental guys guys that can come in and know how to play winning football guys who are going to be starting on most teams in the nfl but they're not a fucking superstar you know what i mean yeah maybe you make one of those signings at a position of need that has proven that nobody stepped up to take it but overall you want to supplement that type of talent if we do overachieve like i said dude this could be a discussion we're not even having because the bears could you know completely shit on their nuts we've seen that before too but like if they overachieve we're feeling really damn good about a lot of players on this roster. That just, that, that comes with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think in conclusion, this, this schedule is not, it's not anything that we should be scared of. That's for sure. And like the whole getting predicted to, to be the first overall pick that's asinine, bro. That is like these three win. I saw a video out there that said the bears could go. Oh, and 17, like get the fuck out of here, bro. I, I would be, I, I will scary. say though, if anybody, if anybody should be scared, I need to uh need to show you this real quick. Cause this is something I've been been trying to keep an eye on for sure. Um, if anyone should be scared, it should be of Julio Jones well being. Because he has not tweeted since Velas Jones has been drafted by the Chicago Bears, which is very alarming, very concerning. Someone should check on Julio Jones because uh his father has been too. 
Yeah, his deal is signed his contract. Julio's still a free agent, wouldn't you know? Yeah, it's it's like the uh it's like the master finally beat the student. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's just a terrible, terrible look for Julio Jones. Please let us know that you're good, bro. Um, Bayless Jones <laughs> is officially the best Jones in all football. That includes all of them. So uh Marvin yeah, Jones dude. Jr., yeah, all of them. Reach out, brother. But uh yeah, man, that's that's all I got. I just said yeah. Uh, I just wanted to uh, remind everybody that Julio Jones. We'll be on Julio Watch every episode till the end of time. Yeah, I'll do, especially the offseason, because, like, you know, we basically just mashed it out talking about nothing for an hour, and here we are. (laughs) That's it, dude. You want to close us out or what? Yeah, I think it's probably a good time. Um, Yeah, so uh, if you enjoyed what you just heard, um, try to uh, review us on Apple, Spotify, any of those things. I'm pretty sure Spotify has – rating system i don't know if google play does but that doesn't matter because we're not on google play fucking shit i'm not gonna lie though i might start looking back into getting us on google play because you never know i don't want to leave out the people who live in the fucking stone age you know i like i watch the flipstones growing up all the time like i get it but like um but anyway if you like the show subscribe following us on twitter is a great a great step subscribe to us on youtube uh sean maddock with the comment of the day buddy subscribe to us on youtube join the conversation if you're listening on a, on a podcast, like jump, jump in the conversation every once in a while on the live show, man. Like we will chop it up with you. Uh, usually nothing Lucas is saying is that important. So like we'll interrupt what he's saying to read your comments. So, no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm Duke Coughlin. You can follow me at that pod guy, Duke. That's Lucas Raffetti. You can follow him at Lucas Raffetti 46. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at barely there pod. And until next time, we've been barely there. Bear down. Bear down.